for a show, like they want to build a tell other people like this rather than it's for themselves. I mean, you're doing this because it makes you feel more confident, you feel better about yourself, carry that over to other areas. It's more like you're trying, like you said, Vince, you're trying to put on some performance, but nobody's watching. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, right, one, no, one, right. no, one came, no one came here to watch you work out, right? <laughs> like people always say like, oh man, if there's a bunch of good looking girls, right, I can lift more. And I was like, I get it because I can too. But I don't have the illusion that they're somehow <laughs> impressed by that. You know, <laughs> that's, 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 funny. That's, that's the difference. You know, I, I use that mechanism as well because it works, but I don't have the illusion that when I put the weight down, I'm not going to look around and be like, oh, yeah, check out all these babes looking at you me. Like that? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you like they, were the <laughs> they don't care. They, the they can care less. Going. They're not. They're not there for me. They're there for themselves, which is good. That's right. what they should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> they li- he lifted twenty percent more than last week. Wow. That's. I've never had a girl come up to me like, you know I'm what? Excited. I've been watching you train. I've been watching you train for a couple of years, and man, you're you, you keep you keep getting stronger. It's really impressive. You know? <laughs> right. No, that's not. That's not like dialogue from an '80s porn movie. Like that does not happen in real life. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you're, I, I always got so much empowerment from working out that I felt like this is going to be something I always want to keep doing because I, I like the way it makes me feel. I like the process. I actually like the process of training. Just like I like eating healthy food. I don't, I don't suffer through it. I'm not going, okay, here's another day of drudgery. I'm just going to suffer through it. I actually enjoy the food I eat. I enjoy the workouts I do. I enjoy the line of work I do. So I, th- these are all sustainable processes for me. But when I look at a lot of other people that I go, this is not remotely sustainable what you're doing. So at some point, you're going to have to smarten up or you're just going to give up. And most are going to fall into the latter category. And we and Sincere and I, of course, who have trained a lot of people, we've and I'm sure you have too, Vince, we've met many people like this who are in their 40s and beyond going, oh, I used to be able to do this when I was 18, 19. A lot of these kids I see in the gym, that's their future. That's what they're going to be saying. But they, they weren't even able to do what they profess they were saying they could do. Like I used to be able to bench press 315. No, you didn't because you had two spotters <laughs> on each side. You, know? you had one guy with two hands on right. the bar, and they did a bent over row while you pushed 135 worth of that. Exactly. You know, right. it's a lockout. So you're, you're not even – you weren't even able. To, you weren't. You were never able to do that because if you were able to do it genuinely, you would have wanted to keep being able to do it. Once you're strong, right. that's not something you just let go to the wayside, right? Genuinely strong. I'm not talking about this bullshit strength like we see where you're doing crappy technique and you're you're have the illusion of lifting something. When you have genuine strength, and you don't have to be a world class lifter. I'm just talking about you have a decent amount of strength. There's a feeling that comes with that. You're not going to let that fall to the wayside. You're going to want to keep that. Right, and, and and the form part is pretty 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 key in the sense that it keeps you honest above all. Right, right. So it, it's like a governor that says, "Well, wait a minute. If I'm really going to be doing this, I'm doing it in a way that I'm getting the benefit, but I'm not getting any wild readings in strength because I'm today. I decided to look like I'm you know on a bucking bronco." To, you know, to do a low pulley row or whatever it is, right? And you just, <laughs> it's just, you're, 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 you know, you're, you have purpose. And I think a lot of, of my uh, colleagues over the years, we've sat down and talked about like this process and it's like an allegory for life, you know, be mindful of what you're eating. You know, it's for a great investment, you know, even if yeah. you're not making a lot of money, that alone is, is worth so much, especially when you get older. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, so, so you true. can't you can't make enough money to want to have diabetes. I don't think you just no doubt. really can't. So right. that that it's it's like it, what most men I would say or most people uh, in general I guess have have realized. I think maybe even more so men to try to get the girl or whatever or to look better for you know their their social life. Um, they realize that that's the least expensive way to stand out and to have something special is to take care of yourself. And if you can carry that on, it's probably the best investment. It is the best investment anyone could ever make. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, a great hobby because you could have a lot of other vices. And thank goodness that became my vice, right? It's like, this makes me feel good. I have more control in my life, right? Yeah. Things can be kind of crazy, but I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat good, and I'm going to feel pretty good. So that's okay, because I'd rather deal with my problems feeling good rather than feeling sick or, right? So it's a whole different outlook on the investment and the longevity or 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 or, or, or stay, wanting to stay the course instead of going, hey, I'm going to do this for a while, see what benefits I can reap from it, and then we'll take it to the next step after that. Like you said, either get off the merry-go-round or get injured and tell everybody you used to do it. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, or, or if you like, even do it for a praise from others, that's going to be really fleeting too. So if you're going, okay, I'm going, I'm going to, I want to look this way, so I can post up a bunch of photos on Facebook and get a bunch of likes and people telling me I look great and so forth. That's all fine and good, but eventually you're going to get older, where you can still look good as you get older, but you're not going to get that kind of attention at a no. certain point. So if that's what you're like, you know, a good-looking woman who's 60 is not going to get the same kind of attention as a good-looking woman who's 25, 30. That's just the reality. I'm talking about social media here. Yeah. But if your yeah, motivation, yeah, if your motivation is intrinsic, it doesn't matter. And if you're doing this, like I don't go work out hard so I can tell people on Facebook what I did. You know, I post my workouts every once in a while. It's just educational. I'm not looking for a pat on the back, and even that I don't do all the time. But that's not what motivates me. I'm not. I, I'm not going to the gym so I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, and I can't wait to tell everyone about it. Yeah, that that you you open up a can of worms that could be a problem with the toll because it's nice to see all these people working out now. You can have access to all these different people with social platforms. Yeah, right. So you're like, wow, this is great. You know, people watch what they eat, they're posting up the supplements and all that. And we know a lot of. I mean, to me, as a guy who's been in, in marketing in these supplements. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I like it, it to a point, but you still have to market the product. You know, you're not getting some person, like you said, maybe a 25 year old girl that looks really great, you know, pouring your protein in her cup and expecting to convince some guy who has to pull his wallet out to spend money <laughs> that that's worth it. You know, yeah, she has a million followers. Great. But what are they following her for? for okay. At the end of the day, you have to yeah. think about what are you selling it's kind of the same when people ask me about content you know cause like I do a lot of stuff that's in the background right but I say you know whatever your business is, is what would people ask you about what you're selling those are those are blog posts those are social posts yeah right how to do stuff it's how the fitness magazines survive yeah why they really supported really mostly the supplement business forever because they taught people, hey, if you do this strenuous exercise, you need to eat better. Right. Right? And so <clears throat> the narrative was, uh, okay, I do this, I eat like this, maybe take a few supplements, 
there's my net result. So a lot of people would ask, okay, so if I use this supplement, um, what does it do? Or if I train this way, how should my diet be? So they're interchangeable. So when, when people start using social media as this kind of, I don't know, it's just like, it's clickbait to me. Right. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of companies do it, and some are better than others, but the companies that are out there having 90% of their posts are educational. How to do a spider crawl, how to do kettlebell movements, right? How to right. do Fran right. if they do CrossFit, how to mm-hmm. do something that's universal because everyone's an acorn in the beginning, right? Um, no doubt. Most of the time you're talking to people who are just entering this and know nothing about it. And that's when your message is most powerful. And some people go, oh, everyone's talked about that. It's like, no, they haven't. You haven't. You teach someone (laughs) your way of doing a bench press or a kettlebell swing, right? And and then you'll basically have a service to your audience. So I know I got off track there, but... That there no, is you're a right because a, a lot of the what you're saying reminds me is, is the antithesis of a lot of the over the top marketing that we still see with supplements. One in particular that sticks out that came to mind as you were going. I don't know if you remember it, but Gaspari Nutrition had a I forget the name of the product, but I remember <laughs> I remember the ad because it's burned in my memory because I know the girl in the ad number one, but two it was so over the top there's no way you could forget it. So anyway, good-looking right. lady, she's sitting on the floor with her legs spread spread wide open, and the supplement, which is in a box, is in between her legs. <laughs> the box, line is right. the, most, <laughs> the most wanted box in town. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, now, why would this – okay, and this is a supplement that's supposed to make you bigger and stronger. Why did right. – who's the fucking idiot who came up with this? thinking that anyone who wants to get bigger and stronger is somehow going to be motivated by this ad to buy this product. You know, it was so nonsensical. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and the truth <laughs> of it, I think that was Halidrol. And it yeah, was that's it. Drug. That's what it was. It was <laughs> so, Halidrol. <laughs> any See, you were, you were, <laughs> I'm not discounting the guys that did it because I actually know the guys over there. That well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad after all, after all I said all of that, I was like, oh, I hope Vince didn't write this ad. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, I mean, uh, I, there, there's some, there's some, you know, the, the eye candy for the male makes some sense. And I've been around a lot of that, but. If you just rely on that, you 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 you're you're not talking about your brand. Uh, look, you maybe know, maybe I'm be... being naive here though. But with supplements, the most important thing is that it actually works. So just tell me what it does oh, yeah. and well, tell me why well, it works, that, that and show me some testimonials from people that have actually used it. Well, that's gonna why would anyone buy it? Those ads, those ads are gonna work for a younger crowd. These are the guys who are like working out in high school. They're playing high school football. These are the guys who are buying those magazines. They're trying to get bigger, and you know, of course. So what better way to not only are you getting good, you know, some some training workouts, free workouts in the magazine, you get to find out what supplements to take and you get a little, you know, a junior version of Playboy at the same time. It's like this is a, this is a, <laughs> this is a trifecta for an 18 year old right now, man. You know, it's it, like, it, it doesn't oh, okay. it doesn't work, though, because the product is not. being Well, sold that's when you grow up. It, and it you realize that. No, this product didn't sell well, though. It didn't sell well. And it's not being sold now. So, well, I mean, look, they had to right. that kind of advertise. And the reason why is well, because it doesn't ad. work. But, it doesn't work. If it ad, works, look, look who that ad works for. That ad works for somebody who doesn't have any money. Okay, so of course it didn't work because nobody's <laughs> yeah, exactly. buying it because they're broke. <laughs> That's the thing about it. So it's not even an ad that makes sense, right? It's not an ad about a sex performance product or you know something that's going to make you 
more attractive to women. You know, I mean, it, at least something that would make sense in this in this universe. But this was a product that supposedly made you bigger and stronger, so it's geared towards a strength type athlete or a bodybuilder, etc. This, yeah, this kind of advertisement made you stop and look for a second and chuckle, and, and that's keep what going. It, <laughs> you, you don't take it exactly. seriously. Because it was trying to get get them to stand out amongst a, a magazine full of other supplements. Well, hey, look at us. Okay, now that we have your attention, here's what this product does. Like, nope, still looking at the box. Still looking at the box. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Right. I, I didn't read not one bit of your ad copy. All I'm looking at is, who is this chick? What's her website? <laughs> What's her AOL address? Because this is the time period we're talking about, right? Well, now. well, she's, you know, she's like, actually from Texas. You know, Marcia Prince is her name from Dallas. Oh, yeah, Marcia. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. a cool lady, man. I like her. She's a nice lady. But I, I was I always yeah. wanted to ask her what she thought of this ad because, you know. It's like a paycheck. It was a paycheck. Yeah, 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 exactly. Man, I'm sure she thought it was model, funny. But you know, getting the fitness model business and getting that paycheck is like, all right, I'm, you know, and they gave me free product, whatever, you know, so. So she probably <laughs> came up on the situation. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. There's a couple brands right now that are trying to rely just on that with the Instagram uh, half naked oh, girls. Which, I know, so, yeah, that's exactly. fine. Yeah, no, I, but I mean, I look at what works, Vince, and you can probably speak on this more. So is metrics. Look at the way metrics was marketed. Back in the day, it was marketed as this secret medical product. Like this doctor's using this in severe burn patients. You can't even get it. You can't even get it at the store. So don't even look for it. That's what Bill Phillips said in, the, in that first supplement. Right. He used. You know what? This is, he's like, this is a great product. And I'm just telling you about it because I, I'm aware of how great it is. But unfortunately, you can't actually buy it. So don't even bother looking for it. That just made you go, okay, right. I got to find it. I got to exactly. find someone who has this. Right. And then when the product did come out, it, it came in these containers where the branding was very professional. You know, it didn't have like some cartoon on the front, some cartoonish bodybuilder or some over the top marketing. It, lo- it looked like some kind of medical product. You know, it was, it was, the whole thing was marketed really well. And, and it was a high quality product too, especially for the time. But I thought the marketing behind it was exceptionally brilliant because it did stick out from what everyone else was doing, number one. But it also was very intriguing. It was enticing. It was like, okay, I got to find out what this is and where to get it. Yeah. No, it was brilliant. It it definitely was. And, you know, the product held up for sure. Um, uh, Look, I mean, it's the only product that claimed and could help you burn fat, build muscle, and you ate it. So you could just put it to your food bill. It's convenient. So it's pretty hard to beat that. Well, I don't, I don't know if you can talk. Pot, I, don't know right? if you can, I don't know if you have anything to say about this rumor or if you can even talk about it, but there, there was a rumor that, that Metrics had clenbuterol in it. The first couple of batches, just like hot stuff, had, was allegedly had methyl, methyl testosterone in it or some kind of anabolic. And then there was a bait and switch. And I don't know about metrics, but hot stuff, it seemed like that was probably the case. Because I remember a lot of people using hot stuff when I was in high school, and people were making gains like crazy. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that bait and switch. Yeah, I, I, you know, um, I was a distributor when hot stuff was out, so um, I didn't take it. They put a distribution center in Vegas because I didn't take it. They eventually did, but I just didn't like their style. But um, 
I was, I was well, it tasted horrible too, man. I mean, yeah, I, I was, that. I was I like, that. I tried that first batch. I was like, nah, not worth it. Even if the stuff does work, I don't want to have to keep taking this. <laughs> yeah. The metrics thing seems, doesn't seem like, and I've heard it many, many times and I've talked to Colleen about it. And you know, uh-huh. for that to happen, you would have had to get that material into Vitex, which is Nelson Nutraceuticals now still. I mean, uh, could could have not likely. Yeah. Not likely. More likely is that people got more protein than they did before and less carbs. I mean, you go from a, just a regular kind of a maybe a bodybuilding diet, and most people can't like hold right. up. Back then, even the bodybuilding diet was the unless you went low 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 carb, it was fifty protein, about twenty twenty five percent fat. I mean. Uh, car I mean protein and less than yeah. ten fat, right? It was in those right, eras. Right. right when you had OptiFuel and uh metabol metabolol. Mm-hmm. And uh so uh, my guess is that it just basically put everybody on a diet. <laughs> and so it looked like shit was melting off you. I mean you burst your diet and you're like, wow I'm just drinking this milkshake. It's great. Right. Yeah, it's probably kinda like a I mean well, There's it's replacing a, a bunch of crappy meals people were having. So people went from having a right. crappy breakfast to metrics for breakfast, or they went from champion nutrition, heavy weight gainer, which has 1,500 calories, most of it from sugar, to metrics. So that's the obviously that's, just that's, that change that's alone right. is going to make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I wrote an article for Muscle Insider. Scott Wells said, um, he wanted to know like the inside MMRP wars and I yeah. went from metrics to EAS. So. Yeah. At the at that, they had to check if there was a non-compete still when I left, but there was nothing in place because both companies had metrics was sold. Right. When I was EAS. Rexel, Rexel Nutrition, I think bought them, or maybe it's probably been bought and sold a few times by then. Yeah, yeah. Rexel bought them, and they bought worldwide. Okay. Uh, Pure protein now. And EAS EAS has been sold too, right? Or is that just? Oh yeah, no. When I was there, we Bill Phillips sold it. Right I don't know if it's sold again. Uh, Ross bought the whole thing at it last. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, people were like, "Yeah, this seems like magic." And I wrote something in this article. I'm like, "Yeah, it would seem like magic." You know? Okay, so your weight training, you don't know, we can't maneuver your diet. This puts you on a diet and been right. myoplex, right. which was. Similar. I wouldn't say it's better or worse, right? I think Connolly's right. protein in the beginning. He was he was the first guy that got milk protein isolate right. from a, a new process that mm-hmm. was basically long acting. So it was much more anti-catabolic than the whey protein shakes that are on the market and uh-huh. satisfying. Um, but uh, he said, you know, if you, especially if you take the case of Phillips, where he had these some of these people doing the body for life, and before that, the, you know body transformation contest, right. you have these people that maybe never thought they'd ever weight train again. Now they're weight training, drinking one or two packs of Myoplex a day. Are you kidding me? They never got 80 grams of quality protein in their life. So, <laughs> of course it's a miracle. Of course that just was a miracle. Don't you think? I mean, I mean, if you didn't I mean, have plus, weight Plus, trainers, you went, you went you from Cheerios, say, and Cheerios and orange juice for breakfast to right. you know, metrics, that's a pretty big upgrade, right? 
I mean, just little little things that are obvious, but you don't think of it back then. No, it's so true because somebody, especially as someone who works at a job where you have these crappy temptations and these crappy meal options all day, if you're like going, okay, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to replace breakfast and lunch with metrics or myoplex or one of the other meal replacement options, that is a step in the right direction. I mean, a, a better step would be a healthy meal, but let's say for convenience sake, you can't do that or you don't want to do that. This is a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 definitely in the case of uh, Metrex, because they, you know, they 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 did their best to copy it, but no one really knew it was in there. Right, it was like three point right. four grams. Yeah, I I know, and it's no secret, but um, I'm sure a lot of other people know it. It was like three point four grams of uh, glutamine per packet. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <clears throat> you know. Um, then everyone got caught up eight. in the protein wars where they go, okay, Metrix has 37 grams, so Myoplex, we're going to do 43. And then another company is like, well, we have 45. And then it was like, well, we have 50. <laughs> you know? right. it, just kept, it just kept going. And then Scott Connolly's like, well, look, you can only absorb so much at one time, so there's no point having 50 or 60. It just started getting ridiculous after a while. Yeah, well, it goes back to what we were earlier talking about, the nuance of, if I add glutamine and I add eight white protein to deliver this much cysteine, a uh-huh. methyl donor, and I do these other things, can I create an array of amino acids that is not only somewhat fast-acting but long-acting and has these other things you wouldn't normally get, right? And he he did. he, he That thing was engineered very well, especially for the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's for sure a burn study at UCLA that basically said it was equal to Anavar. I forget what the other control was, but this stuff worked. It worked. I mean, especially if you're weight training, right? If you weren't doing anything, it still would work probably, right? But um, the heavy exerciser really benefited from that. And uh, so there's some of these products, you know, they do go by label, right? I have this much and you don't. And... Um, you know, I think Phillips was very good at doing it in, in, in the original metrics. Scott fought that way. And I think in talking to Bill, Bill grasps one of that as like it's more the devil's in the details, yeah. right? And marketing, uh, you know, EAS marketed against it. He basically said, well, there was way ice, there's way um, ion exchange way now, and there wasn't when metrics was made or whatever. So he had a good argument, and he had the following, right, because he was more of a teacher. Nowadays, you know, he'd be a pipe hitter in social media, right? Back, there was social media back then, you know, we had a million contestants in Body for Life. Wow. Uh, two years in a row, and they had to mail them in, bro. Wow. Wow. We had a library, a million, million, over a yeah, million. Yeah, and you had to pick one out of a million. I mean, that, that must have been a yeah, lot of work, 12, especially back then, with all the stuff being mailed in. Like, yeah, there was like six people in there looking at all, sifting through them. Packets. It was like a mill room. <laughs> I mean, it was legit. And you're thinking, right? Um, when someone makes a commitment to take a picture like that, yeah, uh, yeah. that's kind of one of the other things. When brands talk to me, I'm like, are you ever going to be able to satisfy a small niche, let's say, of people who are serious about doing X? If you yeah. are, I, I recommend there because most of them go, yeah, you know, one day I'm going to be a Costco, and I'm like, no, that's the end of the game. <laughs> Yeah. That's when the table's done. The cream's yeah. gone. You need to sell it, you know, well before that happens because the big food company's going to go, look at these knuckleheads, right? Uh, yeah. They live life aggressively. Look at this brand, right? They got $100 million in sales. They'll never figure out how to sell like we do. And they write yeah. you a giant check. 
And they wind up going mainstream and they figure out that most people in the mainstream don't exercise enough to warrant it, nor do they bring that much money with them to the grocery store and drug stores and stuff to shop for a bunch of supplements. So you basically, right. now you're, you're, the, a guy, guys like you would go, man, I just saw that at Walmart. It must not be that great. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I, I just got, uh, I mean, Psychologically, I mean, when you, when you consult with these brands and you go, this is the channel friction you're going to run against, right? Okay, these yeah. channels all are going to say, once you get a hit record, they're going to all want you. The, the, the ones outside specialty are going to want you because they can discount your item. And you're going to go, well, look at all the volume I do. But it's going to be immediately a sucking sound with the specialty person that doesn't know much <laughs> about supplements, walks into a store, and the clerk there goes, Jim Supplement Science is selling off the hook. That's all you need to hear. Yeah. That's way more marketing you're ever going to see. That, you know, that, that piece right there serves as, you know, a lot of validation points. It's at GNC. Here's where you go to learn about getting fit, even though you may not, people may not like GNC. That's fine. But it's not, you don't get that at Walmart. You know, you can't go to Costco and get advice on a protein powder. You just don't. Right. Right. There's something to that, right? <clears throat> so then, um, you know, they wind up going, oh, well, we got to do these programs to make it in the grocery stores and all these other places. Meanwhile, the new people that start coming into the specialty shops say, oh, yeah, that's not so cool anymore. And they, all the clerk has to say, oh, that, that metrics was good. Ah, I guess it's a safe way now. <laughs> and that's all you're going to hear, right? I mean, right. when I first got to Metrix, the national sales manager said, dude, you can't even walk in a gym. I go, what do you mean? He goes, they throw me out. I have a Metrix shirt. They go, we made you a bunch of money. Now you're across the street selling it for what I used to buy it for. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So it, the dynamics of building these brands sometimes isn't just like, well, just put it everywhere. It's not made for, it's special for a reason. <clears throat> You know, you don't right. buy high quality protein. Someone who walks in a CBS, yeah, they're not going to be educated on why they should even buy it in the first place. So you're not getting that market. Right. And then, like you were saying, the more hardcore person is, is going to devaluate the fact that it's even in there. Right. You may get some sales, but you're usually trading dollars. Right. What I've right. found, it's, it's almost a right. direct. In the in the interim, they go, they get into two thousand, four thousand, six thousand, eight thousand, or whatever. Um, accounts and they're like, wow, look at the mm. revenues. Well, wow, great. It's like, okay, back back the pipeline out. Now you just went down twenty, thirty, forty percent at GNC and health food stores. Okay, are you making it up? Well, right now you're making gains, but if you back out the turns per door, you got a problem because now you have to figure out how to speak to the masses who don't really need your stuff. Yeah. Right. It's like you're selling. It's not your job to try to sell the masses on fitness. It's your job to educate the people who make a decision to say, I'm going to be fit, and you're there. You're yeah. that brand. That's my just my my view. I mean, there's companies going to wind up selling some stuff in mainstream, but especially when you get into higher quality and protein, it, it, there's a reason why Boost brags about having seven to nine grams of protein in it. The protein inside. It's like, because it, that's all people can afford. Yeah. Right? They can't afford 30. You're not going to buy uh, 42 count. You used to buy 42 count of Myoplex uh, box 
you're going to walk into Target and buy 42 RTDs of Myoplex and carry it out? No. <laughs> so anyway, that's on the, the business side of it, right? It's like kind of staying true to that audience. And if you wind up having something that spits off, you know, like Muscle Tech did a really good job of taking hydroxy cut, it's a whole different marketing approach. Right. You go, you know, diet pills number one is a whole different deal. The spend against that, you know, because you're building a dream up. Because of those components that are in fat loss pills, like caffeine, green tea, and stuff, we're all just, people could just go roll their own. There'd be no fat loss category. Yeah. Right? But most people don't do that. They want a solution because they're buying a dream. So, yeah, it, it, it's difficult, you know. And you see some sports nutrition in these outlets. I see the numbers. It's not what people think. And usually the, the brand took a hit on the other side. It's not always, a you know, a divot, but sometimes you can start chasing money to, to kind of tune the masses into your product. And if you haven't deconstructed your product to make the price point uh, right, um, which is going to make a worse pro- a lesser product, Right. You know, you know, then it's harder for you to convince people back at the health food store you're still super high quality. And that's um, one other reason why you start losing the loyal following because you've watered down the product. It's not as good as it used to be. People realize that now the original followers. It's kind of like a lot of bands, right? A lot of bands come out of the gate. They're hard. They're heavy. They have this cult following. And then they have this one song which is a little bit off kilter where it's in that ballad territory. And that one just pops. So the next album comes out and the whole thing is just ballads like that, right? And they lose <laughs> right. the hardcore. The hardcore following is like, F you, you guys suck, you sold out, we don't listen to this bullshit. So you lose that following and you don't get the other following because they're just one-hit wonder type people. They're, they're just whatever's on the radio. They're like, oh, I like that song on the radio. And they've already moved on. So they don't care about your new record full of 10 songs that sound like the one they liked a couple of years ago. <laughs> Their tastes have already ventured off. <laughs> Moved on. Now, yeah, exactly. now, now you've yeah. lost both. You, you didn't get the mainstream following, and then you sold out your loyal lost following. Lost your core following, yeah. Yeah, you lost everybody. Right. I, I heard a um, I heard an interview with um, the artist that's uh, in the Jimmy Fallon band, the leader of the Jimmy Fallon band, Questlove. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, Questlove, yeah, from the roots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the roots. Right? Yeah, and he's a big he's he's a big uh, music historian, and he said, you know, well, my belief was when the, the the all the fame came to the Beatles, he said they tried to like wreck it. He said some people are successful, but their experimentation made them more famous. So in their case, it right. didn't really work because they were kind of like, are you kidding me? It was too much. <laughs> But they start experimenting. It's like, you know, then you get Sgt. Peppers and some of these other things. It's like, well, they're geniuses, right? right? So they are the exception that makes the rule that you really usually can't straddle both. It's difficult, um, especially when you're in your heyday, right? And and, and, exactly. and the next thing would right be... There. And, and, what, yeah, once and you're, right you're well-established, you can move around. Well, and their timing was great because the the just the whole geopolitical outlook of what was going on at the time they came out and to the point where they were trying to wreck their careers. And their audience was evolving with them due to also with the environment and, and, and the times. So those people who started in the early, the late 50s and early 60s, these little 
homegrown, wholesome kids or whatever that loved them then, once they started getting very political toward the mid-60s with civil rights and all that, late-60s, you know, those kids were now becoming more, they were becoming college kids now who were actually out of the house with their parents. They were actually to think on their own. So as the Beatles were trying to go that route, they were going that route with them due to the, the atmosphere. Yeah. So people that try to say, oh, we're going to do just like the Beatles, like, no, nah, the Beatles had a little bit more, th- had other things working in their favor at that time. You know, like, so, you know, if you start popping LSD right now and start making some trippy albums that does not make any sense whatsoever. People are going to say that dude needs to be in rehab, and he's probably going to end up on. The, they're going to resurrect celebrity rehab and have your ass on there. So it's not going to be the best thing for your career, man. Right. Well, that's <laughs> so the, sometimes with the, the the brands. You know, they they the the author of the brand. A lot of times, um, I've been around several of the very successful ones where they want to bring in people in areas that they don't really. I was just about to say, usually it's a consultant that usually screws everything up for a lot of these people, whether it's the entertainment industry or whether it's just even business. Someone doesn't know anything yeah. about your market, but they're a consultant, they're professional, and you know, and they have a PhD in this, and they went to Wharton or whatever business school, so they think that qualifies them to tell you what your audience wants, even though they've never seen your audience before. And you know, that's one of the things that killed the music industry, especially in radio. It's one of the reasons why I left, because you had consultants in Tennessee trying to tell people in Houston, this is what, this is what the Houston audience wants to hear. And it's like, have you ever been? Oh, really? Well, no, but no, we're looking at the stats right here and we're looking at sales and blah, blah, blah. No, dude, that's not how it works. And it ended up killing a lot of these labels as far as who they were signing. It was killing a lot of the radio stations. You know, they start losing their listenership or whatever else. So it just, and pretty, pretty much since then, the industry has just sucked ass, you know, since the late nineties because of these consultants, because people are trying to take yeah. that cheap way out and looking at the dollars and not looking at the people who are actually spending the dollars. So they just want something generated really quick. So, well, we have you know, that in Hollywood too, right? We have in Hollywood we have a bunch of suit and tie guys in a boardroom coming up with script ideas and saying like, you know, this is what's popping. Let's 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 get a director and do a movie on this. And now you have or, these really you know, low quality crappy movies that just or, keep coming out. Those same guys, those suit and tie guys, you know, because this movie they loved when they were kids in the eighties. Now they <laughs> yeah, want to reboot right. it. Let's remake yeah, it again. Yeah. You know, just like right. <laughs> Why is they why are they remaking the Power Rangers movie? They should have never made a Power Rangers no, movie. Forget, in the first forget, place. Pa- forget Power Rangers. They're remaking Chips. Okay, that's an old I know. Problem I know. Right there. <laughs> oh God! Like, you're making a movie out of a TV show that was very marginal at best. Okay, it wasn't even on. It was a TV show then. Even as a kid, good I thought the show sucks. Yeah. Good Times movie? I'm like, oh, yeah. You can, watch, you can watch that for two hours. I mean, it only lasted like five seasons. It was depressing. Come on, man. What's happening? The movie. Come on. Stanford and Son, the movie. But chips. Chips. Is, <laughs> I love that. Chips. Chips is an all-time low, though, right? I thought yeah. I saw that last night, and, and I didn't know it was a Chips trailer. I mean, it was pretty obvious after a few seconds that's what it was. And I was like, no, no, this can't be Chips. Can't be, I was like, they can't be bringing that back. Come on, man. Sure enough, Come on, dude. Chips. They made, a 20, they made 21 Jump Street a movie. And, and on top of that, even brought some of the cast from the original TV show and had them in, you know, the re- like, come on, man. So uh, at, again, at, least that was a, at least that was a parody, though. And I think this Chips movie is, too. But still, man, come on. Leave it alone, man. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Student tie guys, you know, it's like, man, I love that show. We should make a movie out of it now. Like, no, you should not. <laughs> like, Miami Vice. Miami Vice was terrible. <laughs> you should have made a movie out of something that pretty much that had an episode about bulls balls, man. Come on. <laughs> but you try to make it all dark and serious. And like, come on, there was nothing dark and serious about that TV show. So, come on, man. No. 
Now they, they well, lost me when they did. had Willie Nelson come in as a Texas Ranger. Or, you know, or, oh, he, was, he was supposed to be <laughs> like, some badass cop. From drug test. Yeah, he can't pass a drug test. How can he be a Texas Ranger? Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, well, hey, Julia Roberts got her big break on Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, talking right. about supplements that don't stand the test of time. Those are shows that don't stand the test of time. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Well, Vance, yeah. I'm sure you have to go real quick, but I, I just, I just real quick, I just wanted to blurt out a couple supplements and ask you your opinion on whether they stand the test of time. And you don't have to go into detail. Just you can just give me a yay or nay on some of these. <laughs> but let's say, let's say methoxy isoflavone, because I remember there were, it, it seemed like it had great potential, and it's still around today. But I, it doesn't seem like it actually act. It lived up to any potential anyone thought it had back then. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think maybe in certain conditions as a anti-catabolic or something. But right, right. Um, yeah, excess cortisol it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, not to bump you, but like HMB. You know, I've got some right. colleagues who really went deep in it, and they were like, "Okay, if you're this is your dietary regimen." And you're like six to nine grams of HMB. It does this, okay? And uh, it's not, a, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's basically not empirical evidence, right? There's no studies on it, but it does make sense. Just like when people go, well, yeah, you know, higher protein doesn't really work. Uh, uh, there's a ceiling. Well, yeah, there is. However, there's nothing more anti-catabolic than protein if you can afford it. Yeah. So. Anyway, so um, I think the conditions matter a lot with some of these things, especially when you're talking about upgrading, um, building muscle and holding on to it. So what else you got? What what about, I think it's Edge Sterone, similar category. It's still out there, but I I don't think what we wound up having a problem with is the, uh, the quality. Because yeah. there was some that was super high expense, super super expensive, and some that was less expensive. And when we went for the um, the steroids, I forget the steroids now that we we were highlighting, we could have right. picked the wrong ones. Okay, maybe the 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 Cyanus Vega, uh, I think it was Cyanus Vega root um, versus uh, Rapunticum. The maybe there is some other differences in there in the saponins that no one really knows. So, again, with the other material, it's not cost effective. It didn't seem to us. Right. So, right. Um, so there's that. It could could be relevant maybe if it's more expensive. And that's what happens with some of these. You know, the, you can't get the dose, or they're actually looking for the wrong component that's actually doing right. what it's supposed to be doing. And they might be they're wrong, let's say, right? Right. Same with the tribulus, right? There's some people that use the. Yeah, I was, about, I was about to say that was the next one on the list. What do you think about tribulus now, looking back? I mean, the best effect I ever had was the original tribulus from Sofarma, but um, okay, the, those were film tabs. It was supposed to be from Rapunticum. Maybe it was laced. I don't know, but it was. Yeah. It was. It was different. We licensed it. That's not that's not available. Back. I mean, that company is still available today. So the what's out now is not the same. You think as what you tried? Initially? I don't believe. I don't think so. Pharma. Well, maybe it's on the mark. I haven't seen it, but it could be. If you find so pharma, um, uh, brand, 
that that's the one the tribulus yeah yeah that was the original one that everyone tried when it first came out so i, re- I remember that yeah 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 and 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 yeah so go ahead i won't i won't interrupt but. no no don't feel free to interrupt and let, let's see. Well, and a lot some of these it, are, the methodologies of getting the herbs and uh, standardization, right? And yeah, yeah, sometimes right. when you standard standardize for one thing and you leave some other stuff out, it could be right. And then there's other others where you may be wrong. Like right. uh, there's cofactors in actual coffee because of the polyphenols in there that are better than taking a caffeine tablet. No doubt. So. So, yeah, so sometimes the sum is greater. Sometimes you need to actually extract one piece that is signaling something um, better than the rest. You don't need the rest, right? You need to basically isolate it. So um, that's really probably where the the science should be dedicated to. And a lot of times price rules everybody. Like I want to have tributous product and they'll get the cheapest crap they can get. Right, right. But... What about some of these? Now, some of these are newer ones that weren't available then. I'm not sure how up to date you are on some of these, but creatine glycerol phosphate. This is a new creatine product. And it, what is it? I, I've heard of it, and I think I've. What is it? What is it claiming to do? Have more of a cellular hydration effect? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean creatine um, already has a really high absorption. I think it's like less conversion into creatinine. That's one of the claims. Creatinine? And, I've, and, I've, and I've heard that. Yeah, is that how you say creatinine? Creatinine, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard that claim from crealkaline, which is another one. I've heard that claim from a lot of things. But it, it doesn't seem like anyone's ever beaten just 100% creatine monohydrate. Uh, you know, it's about 1,300 studies on monohydrate. I think yeah. when people get into the... The solubility and the flip to creatinine, it's, it's really non-existent. Um, you know, okay, you can so that's make not, it that's not even a problem. No, if you can make it hold up in, 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 in your, you know, you could shake it in water and it goes to the ground, you know, it, it, it mixes quicker and people go, okay, that means something. Not really, no. <laughs> it has nothing to do with when it gets in your stomach. So, you know, people are micro-milling it back in the day. We even did it at Metrex, you know, because we were late in creatine. Yeah. We, we uh, I love some of those little those little, those little glass experiments are always fun. I remember someone used to sell these fiber pills, and they would say, okay, look, I'm going to pour some oil in this water, and I'm going to put this – I'm going to break up this fiber capsule and put it in there, and it's going to attach to the oil. And I go, that's what it does in your body. It takes those excess fats and flushes it right out. I go, nah, right. I don't think so. <laughs> I go, you put any powder in that powder. You need to throw some, throw some organs in that jar while you're at it. Like, throw a heart, <laughs> throw a liver, throw a kidney in there, some pancreas, you know, some intestines. And let's just see how quickly you can grab all that stuff. Hey, come on. It, it reminds me of these <laughs> magnets people try to sell where it's like, okay, you stand over here. Now put your arms out. Now I'm going to push it down. Right. Now put this magnet on. See, it's harder. Say like, no, it's harder because I know what you're trying to do now. <laughs> you know, so I'm, exactly. the second the second time around, I'm going to be more prepared for it than I was the first time around. <laughs> you know, oh, like wow, these, oh, mag- these magnet soles really make a difference. I see what you mean now. <laughs> it's like, can I? It's like, I was like, oh, let, let me go lift something. I'm, I'm going to deadlift my max right before. I'm going to wait five minutes, put this fucking magnet on. Can I lift more now? No, <laughs> unequivocally, no. So, anyway, it's these these little scams, man. They're they're just they're just laughable. 
But it's amazing how effective they are. People actually buy into a lot of this kind of stuff. Like, oh, wow, that fiber pill really does work. It's really attaching well, to those fats. Well, basically, it's no different than a snake oil salesman of like the early 1900s or late 1800s or whatever. It's like, oh, ooh. And it's like just that it's the little shiny little thing. It's just like, oh, that, that's amazing. And then they get it. And then they probably don't even use it. It just sits there. Right. Because they were so right. amazed at that moment. And that's how most people end up selling. I mean, hell, we just got sold a bill of goods, just like I said, just even with our political system. <laughs> it's like, ooh, ah. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, like, well, then there's that. <laughs> yeah, what was the creatine that was out um, that was supposed to be highly soluble? Probably effervescent creatine. Well, that was uh, geez, that was <laughs> put bicarbonate with it, and it's supposed to be better. Okay, Alka Seltzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you look if you take Alka Seltzer or baking soda with creatine, it's a buffer. Yeah, that's way better. Yeah. I forget yeah. which one it was. It was uh, NO2 was marketing it, but it, they wound up it was supposed to be more soluble in like liquid, but it turned to creatinine. It flipped in your stomach way quicker. And so you wind up getting readings of creatinine um, way higher than monohydrate. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's you know you 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 need some people to do some blood work and to kind of see, right? Like, does it make it to the tissue? Because it's an open system. It isn't just I pour it in like a gas tank. You pour it in, and shit happens. You know, that's one of the greatest things I learned from Scott Conley. He's like, food is they're they're, they're chemicals. Stuff, yeah. All this stuff is a chemical. Yeah, yeah. It, what does it cause in the body? How much has to right. get through? How does it get through, right? And what does it activate? Because it's just part of a symphony. That's why, you know, most people can't figure out. They're always looking for the calories don't matter and all that stuff, right? And, and there's ways of manipulating your diet so that you can get a little bit more of a thermic effect from protein and things like that, right? But, but, there's no magic bullet. There, you know, it's not super magic, right? I mean, what are the ways to eat less? You know, whole food, things like that. That works, right? But if you eat whole food and you eat way too much and you don't exercise, it still won't work. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people that maybe I, you guys would disagree, but a lot of people that did paleo, they're like, oh, this is great. I could just eat all these certain things. Well, right. there's still, right. There's still a limit. <laughs> There's there is right. still a limit. There's always uh, there's always a limit. I agree completely. I just think that it's a lot harder to overeat real food than processed totally. junk, which works on the brand. Like Sincere mentioned, it just creates this compulsive response where you just want to keep going. Like for example, if I have a bowl of almonds, I don't want another bowl. If I have a bowl of cereal, right. I may want another bowl. I may want another one after that. <laughs> right. I, may, I may want to just keep going because I'm not I'm not getting anything from it. While the almonds, right. I'm getting protein, I'm getting minerals, I'm getting fats, I'm getting some carbohydrates. It's actually giving me something. It's actually fulfilling some needs. Right. But right. you're right. If you, over, if you overdo healthy food, you're still overdoing it. I, I just think it's harder to overeat healthy food. Right. And there's actually some data to the point of um, um, how, like, gorillas uh, forage in some animals right. forage. Right. So, right. in other words, they will seek amino acids to meet the demands of the amino acids. And then once they get oh, those, they'll, they'll stop foraging as much, yeah. right? And um, yeah. so you notice that if your protein's higher, um, your appetite goes down. It's not just because of the satiation of protein. The satiation is the body's going, wait a minute, I don't have to forage anymore. 
to sustain my life forces, right? The blood, yeah. the tissue, the fluids, the hormones, all this stuff. Versus if you eat like 10% protein or 10 to 15, I think, uh, I see all papers that basically, um, you're at like the sweet spot of where calories matter the most because you're not getting enough protein at 10 to 15, about 15%, which is the RDA, by the way. Yeah. You're getting all this other stuff. So you're trying to get what you need is probably like 30% of calories maybe or 25 at least, right? Maybe 35 of protein, right? Depending on your body type. And you're just not getting there. Conversely, if you eat, um, I think if you eat 5% protein or under 10, yeah, you have such a thermic effect, it's like survival. It's reverse. Hmm. Whereas you, your body starts wasting calories. Why? Because it says you're in an area where it's really hard to get protein. If you keep eating, you'll get fat. So it sets off a chain of events that allows you to burn more calories in your search for protein. Hmm. So higher protein than the RDA can work and lower protein in the RDA can work, but then you're just, you kind of shot yourself in the foot, right? Because you got to eat a lot because your body's basically saying, you're not going to get any protein. It's like the person you, that eats a bunch of sugar. You go, hey, I'm lean. Well, yeah, because your body's still spitting off all this excess energy because it's waiting for you to find some protein. <laughs> it's a survival yeah. gift, right? Because otherwise yeah. you'd get fat and you'd get eaten. Right. At least that's the philosophy. And um, so uh, in that sense, you know, that's why, you know, some of the macros matter, right? And uh, certainly whole food is, you know, is going to mitigate a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I have a hunger for protein. Um, you know, I can sense when I didn't get enough in a day. And it used to be maybe more severe. Maybe it's just my imagination. But it's kind of like. I'm an older guy. If I work out hard, and it's a lot harder for me to recover, you know, my protein um, and nitrogen use of nitrogen from extracting the protein is lesser than it was when I was a young man. Right. So that's why these studies on like 20 grams of protein to promote protein synthesis. They now think that like older men, I think over maybe 45, even uh, after that, you know, you need about 40 to get the same right. stimulus. You're not getting the same. You're um, not absorbing as much as you did. That that right. 20 is not going to be absorbed as much as the 40 is when you get older, for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, and just think about even the activation of that signal. Like if muscle protein synthesis is like ringing a gong, dude, you're older. The gong takes more effort to fucking ring it now, right? <laughs> Absorb everything else. It seems like it. It, it, it takes a lot more to get that right? gong going. You know, you get older. It, it, it does, right? So. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But anyway, any, any, I, am I making any sense? No, I no, you're making sense. You're, you're a lot of food for thought, for sure. Pun intended. Uh, pun intended. But yeah, uh, okay, right. we'll just wrap up with a few more of these, and, and some of these are just well established, like ginseng. I mean, ginseng's been around for a long time. It wasn't something that was brand new when you did the supplement guide. But do you still feel like it has merits now for various things? I think it has merit. Yeah, I think it has merit. I think there's some other herbs um like uh ks66 ashwagandha i think and some of these others yeah yeah that are now coming on that have even more it seems like even more benefits i think so too. I, I like ashwagandha yeah. a lot like i use sensorol in some of my products and I, i'm a big fan of ashwagandha and then i like rodeola I feel that a lot 
Me too. Yeah, yeah those seem to be amazing for my my DNA or whatever, right? So yeah, really you know, all the pre Actually, the combo yeah. of rhodiola and ashwagandha pre-workout, especially endurance-type workouts, is, is very effective. Yeah. Okay, what about fat burners? Is there – I mean, we all know what the fat burners were that were hot back then. We had the apodrecaffeine combo. In some cases, apodrecaffeine, aspirin, those were the early-stage fat burners that a lot of people used and benefited from. It came with the cost. But are right. there any fat burners out now? that you think are effective? Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at, I mean, uh, putting the baseline diet at, at where it should be, let's say, right, if you did a reading, if you took a product that had, you know, Hemby, caffeine, at probably at least, maybe synephrine, I think those three, we have the most data that will be liberating free fatty acids. For sure. Now, can you overrun that with your diet and all that stuff? Absolutely. It, 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 it's kind of like kindling to get the thing going. Um, it, it, it's no panacea. Now, you know, ephedra had a different effect um, because it basically, over time, the, um, you know, the central nervous system effects went down, but yeah. the benefits went up. And that's why the people, you know, it's kind of like doing a drug now. These people that have overdoses, you know, they went off the wagon and then they went back to a dose they may have done prior and they're clean. Same with ephedra, right? You can attenuate to it, but the attenuation doesn't cause the effects to go down. Actually, they got better. Mm, okay. Um, I know that. So, um, yeah, and, and, and I don't think that, um, you know, I think there's some people that really respond well to Yohimbi. There's a lot of data on it. Um, but it's for some people they just can't handle it. Synephrine's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, well. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. Yohimbi just puts me in this agitated state. Kind of, yeah. It's, I never respond well to that. Epidra I used back in the day, and honestly, I always felt the dosages. The, the recommended dosage I felt was always too high, especially to start off with 25 milligrams, sometimes higher. I always felt that oh, if yeah, I were going to do that. If I were going to do it all over again, which I don't really have any desire to, but if I were, I would start probably at something way lower, such as 5 milligrams, 10 milligrams, and just leave it at that because 25 was way too much for me. It made my nose run constantly. You're, you're always in this amphetamine-type state, too, where you have right. all this energy, but it's not real energy, right? It's just you're, you're just in this, in this state of anxiety where you have to keep moving. Part of that, now on the fat burner um, subject, and it, you can really find, you can see it in caffeine because there's studies that like 600 mils of caffeine is really like a dose that you should be looking for, for um, liberating free fatty acids, right? <clears throat> the problem with some of these other cocktails that were out there, right, is you're lighting this match, right? So as the fat burner, so to speak, the first thing it's going to have to go through is glucose, right? Because that's right. it doesn't just start burning fat. It gets there, right? And if you're depending on how trained you are, you may be uh you know, your respiratory quotient may be saying that you're burning X amount of fat every breath all the time, right? That's that's why training is so great, right? Because over time you start the the fuel mix changes. Right, 
And so, um, and, and, and that can get blunted by like, like a lot of carbohydrates. If you're used to liberating more free fatty acids, it's not the carbs that really get in the way. It's what they shut down. They shut down the liberation of free fatty acids first. Right? So you never really yeah. get ahead of the curve on that. So on a right. fat burner, a lot of these are like no crash, they say. Right? Well, what does the crash really mean? The crash is the blood sugar got eaten up so quickly and you're not that in shape that you fall yeah. down because you're not used to using free fatty acid for energy. Hmm. So like in the case of caffeine, sometimes less is more. A lot of times, right? You can ramp it up, but what happens like a big Starbucks, people are like, oh man, I think I need to take a nap. Well, it's because you're it basically, <laughs> first thing it will do is it'll actually hit your liver up to send more blood sugar out, right? Mm -hmm fight or flight, and then you'll start sucking it up, and then all of a sudden you're on this other, you can get on this other kind of wheel, mouse wheel that says, well, wait a minute, I need to eat to kind of come down almost, right? So in that case, like a little dab will do you. That's always tell people. Let a little bit of that run in the background. That's it. Just a little bit. You know, you don't want to, like, overrun these things. You wind up with this hormetic effect where you overrun yeah. the feedback loop. Yeah. Right, and that's people always think people always think more is better. That's the problem with any supplement is they'll take they'll take what I recommend. And they're like, oh, I feel great. Let me try doubling it. Like, oh, I feel it's like, oh, I tried doubling it. I feel terrible now. I go, yeah, that's why I told you to take this amount. I didn't tell you to double it. <laughs> you thought right. More I usually better. start you with half now. I mean, when I was younger, I did yeah. with that. I would double it probably. Right now, I just go. <laughs> I, I lower. I go into it slower. Right, because I want to see what's going to happen. But um, yeah. Yeah, on the fat well, then, loss, then, you then, know, you, then you find the optimal dose for you too. So let's say you start off with 50 milligrams of something, you don't really feel an effect. You go to 75 milligrams, you start feeling an effect. 100 milligrams, you feel great. Then you go to 150, and it has that that bell curve. You start feeling you don't feel as good as at, at 100. You go to 200, you feel even worse. Now you know 100 is the sweet spot for you. You know, if you started at yeah. 200, you may have felt terrible and then just gave up instead of in, on something that's potentially very beneficial. If, but you didn't. But you, if you, and you would have realized if you started at a lower dose, right? And it's like the, it's true with creatine, with all that loading that was going on before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all, yeah. it all will wind up getting in, and all these things that are supposed to drive it in, it will get in. It doesn't just float around. And go, oh, I got nowhere to go, especially when you're yeah. training. Okay, yeah. it just doesn't how it works. So all that was, you know, marketing gimmicks. A lot of people, including myself, go, okay, maybe it's better because you get it in there quicker, but end of the day it's just floating around it gets in and like with <laughs> yeah. like creatine you talk about dosing i think one two grams a day or you know say i don't know five ten grams a week if you don't hit it every day for your brain um you know it's amazing um neurological benefits and also muscle benefits right um yeah. beyond building muscle and but you don't need that much it's super, super cheap. Now it's like somebody takes, you know, a little aspirin for their heart or whatever. Yeah. You take a little bit of a fat burner. You take half a dose. You don't need to do the whole thing. You know, that's the whole idea of hormesis, right? Uh, right. Um, right? You're, you're trying to get the optimal dose to get the effect and without overrunning the feedback loop that says shut it all down. That's why you feel goofy on Yohimbi. It's either... I hit the right dose, or I feel diaphoretic. I, I'm turning gray. I can't breathe. 
but I'm seeing purple spots at the same time, right? It's just, and it could be a couple milligrams and you're from one end to the other, right? One, you could feel okay. And the other, I feel like vomiting. What else you got? No, that's good, that man. We can, wrap, we, can, yeah. <laughs> we can wrap up. We can wrap up there. I mean, we've given, we've been on for a long time. Appreciate all the time and great information and love to have you back sure. at some point too. Sure. Absolutely. Maybe just so we're working. I'll, I'll bring some goodies to you uh, on, on the show and we'll talk about some things I can send you pre- before. Maybe we can chat about some of these that might be on the cusp of coming out there. And oh, okay, cool. Into the market. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. But where can people find out more about all your information? Do you have a website or you want social media? You can go to andrichfitness.com. And Twitter or Facebook? Are you, are you active on social yeah, media? Uh, yeah, Vince Andrich. At Vince Andrich. Perfect. Well, perfect, Vance. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, this is a fascinating discussion. It, and love to have you come back. We'll talk about maybe some more behind-the-scenes stuff of the supplement industry and whatever else you want to get into. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Vance. Right, thanks care. a lot. Take care. You take care. Appreciate it. Oh, my Thank pleasure. You. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, folks. There you go again. That's more than you're paying for, especially a lot of you, which aren't paying anything you know, to listen to all this great free information. You know? You're definitely getting your money's worth. That's for sure. In this, in this one sided relationship of taking and not giving. But anyway, for, so a couple of things, one, get over to Patreon, and support the show. A couple of people were going, Hey, you guys said you were going to deliver two episodes a month. It's only been one. So yes, yes, we know, we know we're going to get on track. And you, in February, you got two. And you got two for February, so we're back on track. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think in December there were two anyway. But anyway, we'll get back track on track with that. In the meantime, go back and listen to the other 200 free episodes we've done and you know, reabsorb <laughs> some of that information. <laughs> and then we only, we only said we're going to do two free episodes per month, too. So some people say, you're only doing two free. And I was like, yes, that's right. We're doing two free yep. and then two premium episodes. So that's what we started doing several months ago. And then use that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off everything at aggressivestrength.com, mikemahler.com. My testosterone booster is back in stock, locked and loaded. Load up on that. Get my Adreno Energizer Red, with, which has rhodiola and ashwagandha that we were talking mm-hmm. to Vince about. And then get some, system, get some systemic enzymes. Get rid of that soreness and those joint pain. Get some workout and recovery improvements. And how about with you, man? Yeah, I think those enzymes also help with illness, which we talked about in our last yeah. premium episode, you know, so if you're subscribing, you would know about that because we talk about that. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was that second episode of February of the premium episode where we talk about training while sick, you know, even had a cute little title. It's almost like I work for some newspaper or magazine with the title that I came up with that. <laughs> so <laughs> check it out. So, so yeah, man, use that same coupon code over at newwarriortraining.com as well. And on top of all of that, Share these episodes on social media, folks, as well as keep those reviews coming on iTunes and Stitcher. All right. Because, uh, yeah, those reviews still mean a lot for those who are listening for free. You know, so at least put in some work with that and help get the word out about the show. Yeah, we've been we've been at 208 for a year, you know, on iTunes. And I see thousands and thousands of people listening every episode. Go leave a review, man. That's the least you could do. Amen. Some of you have never yeah, bought a thing from either one of us. You're not supporting the show on Patreon. You're not doing anything except listening to the show for free. Fine. Go on iTunes. Go on. Tell us why you like to leave a review. Tell us why you like to listen to it for free. Yes. Let everyone know why you like to listen for free. You know, share with the world. Let them know why. You don't keep it all to yourself. 
All right. So let's <laughs> go wrap it up for this week. Catch you on the next one, folks. Take care, everybody. All right, everyone. Bye.